Hello, is this thing on? Do you think they can hear us? Nah, let's say it again. Hi, and welcome to the Gritty Nurse Podcast, an unfiltered discussion related to health and healthcare. My name is Amy. And my name is Sarah. And we are your podcast hosts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or any other podcast listening platform, don't forget to subscribe so you can get updates to when we have our latest episodes. Also, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you like what you're hearing and you love our advocacy work, don't forget to go to www.grittynurse.com and click on the donate button. As little as $1 or $2 a month for a total of $12 a year will help us with our monthly podcast costs such as website hosting, our hosting platform, audio equipment, and the time and energy it takes us to put out good quality episodes. We thank you and we appreciate you. Hi and welcome everyone. I am super excited this week for the guest that we have today. Her name is Ashley Bartholomew. Um, She is a trailblazer, actually one of the first nurses I remember seeing in the media talking about her experience in the ICU and it kind of blew up. It went viral, right, Sarah? Um, And, you know, I'm so happy that she'll be here today to talk to us a little bit about her experience, but we don't want to keep the episode too happy. We want to keep it light and we'll, we'll have a little fun game at the end, but Sarah, do you want to um, kind of take it from here? Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on today. Um, We have been following you on Twitter. We know that you are quite active on social media, which is another thing we love about you because we, Amy and I, have been really encouraging nurses to get out there and get on any social media platform. I feel like Twitter is the place to be right now, and we're so glad that you're kind of a thought leader and you're really just being a trailblazer, like Amy said. Um, So I'll actually let you introduce yourself to the listeners. If you could tell us a bit about yourself and your journey um, as a nurse. Hi, um, I am Ashley Bartholomew. I'm a registered nurse, um, RNBSN. And uh, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Um, I feel so honored. Yeah, like you said, I'm on Twitter. um, On there, I'm the Blonde RN. Um, That's where you can find me um, and all of my um, you know, it first started, I, I just thought like, oh, it's like my diary, but it's like, <laughs> so, you know, now I'm like, wow, it's my diary for 16,000 people to read. So, or anyone else wants to. <laughs> well, maybe Ashley, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey into um, getting into nursing. What did that all look like? Um, so it's interesting. I've had like an interesting journey, um, like, like so many of us have, right? Um, when I was 18, I joined the Air Force and went into active wow. duty and, um, you know, ca- came from, you know, not a well-to-do family and didn't have a lot of options for college and just wanted to make sure that I was kind of uh, mature enough to get good grades in school. So did four years of active duty. And when I was, my job, I was um, a dental assistant in the Air Force. And when I was stationed overseas, I got to work in surgery. And I thought it was the coolest thing. I got to learn how to do Foley's and IV's and stuff. And that's kind of what inspired me to be a nurse. Um, And after I got out of the military, I got accepted to nursing school and got a scholarship. And, um, but I was still a little nervous. Like maybe I, I don't know if this is for me. I didn't know any nurses. So what I did first was my LPN um, 
program. I don't know what they're called in Canada or if it's the same. We call them RPN, so Registered Practical Nurses. Okay, right. Yeah. So um, it was a one-year program, and um, I thought, okay, if I hate it, then I just only wasted one year. If I love it, I can keep going. And sure enough, I loved it and, it, and it worked out for me. I kept from there. I did my RN with my associate degree and then did my bachelor's degree. And um, maybe when I figure out what I want to be when I grow up, I'll do my master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is it's such an interesting journey that we all take. And I think with us speaking to more and more nurses, we're finding people that are choosing nursing as a second, third or even fourth career. But it sounds like for you, it was a gradual process, you know, that you got yourself into. And um, I just wanted to know how you got into ICU nursing and what that sort of looked like. So that's interesting. You know, I, I'm not a formal ICU nurse um, by any means. Um, and so I was thrown into the COVID ICU um, because right. I was in OR at the time. And when COVID hit El Paso, they shut down the OR. I had been a nurse at that point for like nine, almost 10 years had so much experience compared to some of my colleagues who maybe one, two years of nursing experience or had only worked OR and ha- had never done inpatient bedside. And so I, I did end up going to um, the COVID ICU, but I was kind of more like a buddy nurse. So basically I got to do like all of the regular nursing stuff and then the super critical things, you know, delegate that back to the ICU nurse. But at that time, you know, they were tripled and quadrupled. And so really a nurse that could do all the nursey stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. um, was very beneficial. Um, right. And then also I, I would have more critical care experience when I worked PACU at the level one trauma center I was at because we'd have ICU holds um, a lot of times. And so, you know, you might mm-hmm. have a patient that's vented with multiple drips and stuff like that. And so I've kind of dabbled, but I've never been like just full in the ICU as my formal job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can kind of, because maybe not everybody knows you like we know you yeah, yeah. <laughs> in terms of the Twitter world, but like maybe walk us through just a little bit of what it was like. Because I mean, right now I we we know that you're no longer in that role, but I saw a tweet from you just recently that was like the numbers now in Texas are surpassing the numbers in New York. So maybe just a little bit about like you know your experience and kind of how that all how you kind of. I guess, where you are now today. Yeah. So today, now, um, it's interesting. I did retweet that because, um, unfortunately, I moved from Texas to Florida, and both places are just a hot mess. I mean, like, the <laughs> chaos cloud is is just following me. So, so yeah, we moved from El Paso to Florida um, about a month ago, and Florida isn't doing so well. I mean, all of the hospitals in – it was interesting because I jokingly said – oh, I just got my Florida nursing license this week. And sure enough, not a few hours later, I'm getting all these calls and emails and stuff for like crisis nursing COVID jobs um, in Florida. And, you know, all in the area, the hospitals are all, you know, on divert status and full and having massive staffing issues and stuff. So I'm like, Wow, I just moved here. That that's like a lot. I'm like, wow. No, <laughs> you know, like it's like you jumped right out of the from the pan into the sure. fire. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's different now, which is like this is heavy, right? We said we wanted light and peppy, but man, is it different now to think of going back into that overwhelmed state of working where 
you are unable to give the care to the level that we all expect and that we all want and what, you know, our data is based off of. We know if we do X, Y, and Z, we get this um, outcome for patients. And when we're missing those things, as census goes up and as acuity goes up, the outcomes are different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a different feeling for me now than it was in November when I was faced with the surge and there wasn't a vaccine because it's like, yeah. oh, well, these people, it ha- this, they happened to get COVID. It ha- this, this, ha- this happened and it wasn't completely, you know, not preventable, preventable to the point it is now. And right now it's a, it's, it's a little different. It's a little harder for me to, to really grasp that, that this was a choice that so many people made that has overwhelmed our system yet again. And, mm-hmm. and so that's a little different. Wow. I mean, it sounds really, really interesting. Everything you've gone through, you know, from being thrown into the COVID unit to where you are now. I actually read a tweet from you. I think it was probably back in December where you had talked about how you had a COVID patient and of all the patients on the unit, he was the only one who was actually able to speak. Mm -hmm. And you explained to him how well he was doing and how lucky he was because nobody else was able to speak. I'm assuming they were intubated and, you know, really not doing well. Just based on that experience, like, is there anything else that you wanted to share that was unique sort of skill that you built um, working in such an interesting and stressful environment? Like, what did you take out of that, like in terms of learning? I think there's a perception from obviously non-medical people of like what an ICU looks like. Um, you know, there's kind of this mystery about it. And we're not thinking of, you know, just the day-to-day actions that are really hard that we all take for granted. You know, if, if someone has on you know, a, a BiPAP and it's forcing air just for them to take it off, just to take a sip of water is an entire ordeal. You know, they have, some people still get the GI symptoms with COVID and what that is like when you're, you know, stuck in a bed and you're having diarrhea and, you know, you have to get five other people all gowned up to try to turn a patient. Just the the nuance is hard, right, to express how the acuity is is so much more work than just your regular um, non-COVID patients. And I think I just learned that firsthand when I saw, you know, just the busyness and stuff when we had the crisis nurses on the way, but there was like a lag before they got there. You could tell they just needed all hands on deck and and you could see the system becoming very overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean... I think we're still facing the same challenges here. Again, like you said, it's a different ball game. It's a different, it's a different level in terms of understanding that, like you said, that there are vaccines. There's a different way to do things. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna diverge a little bit because I, I don't want to get into too heaviness with COVID. Love we it. talk about COVID a lot on our podcast, but that's not what I want to do all <laughs> this whole time while I have you because I think that you're a really exciting and fun person. I want to kind of talk about some of those aspects. So actually, I might actually jump into our our Never Have I Ever Nursing Edition with you. Oh gosh. And, and we can maybe do like a little bit of storytelling as we kind of do this Never Have I Ever. But I, I mean, um, my first thing to say is, okay, so I'm going to assume that the answer is going to be the same for you and for myself and Sarah, but Never Have I Ever went home with gauze cotton 
or tape in my pocket. Oh, I think every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I think this is the one thing maybe maybe non-nurses don't know about nurses. Like we are pack rats in terms of the stuff that we keep in our pockets, right? Oh, yeah. I think I've washed so many alcohol swabs. Like I'm like looking in the dryer. I'm like, what is that like balled up thing in the lint trap? It is alcohol swabs alcohol or you know cotton swabs. or two by two so I guess you probably have the same experience what about you Sarah I actually I have something kind of interesting so because I used to work in the NICU I often kept like baby diapers in my pockets <laughs> have you guys ever washed a diaper accidentally because it is oh, disgusting yes. like all those little beads that are stuck in the diaper they just like come out everywhere and I, I think that I had to wash everything again because I thought I could just throw it into the dryer and it would come out. It did not come out. So oh, <laughs> I've done all of that plus the diaper, which I will never do again. And, and luckily the diaper was clean. So oh, that yeah. would have been doubly worse if it wasn't. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Like I've seen it's like the little gel pieces, right? And they just probably get everywhere. Yeah, I um, I definitely did that at some point when I had um, my oldest was like a toddler and I had newborn twins. A, a diaper definitely got washed somewhere within the, those early years. Oh, yes. You have the twin life, too. Oh, my gosh. How old are your twins? I'm a chaos cloud. It <laughs> follows me. Um, they're four. Oh, my goodness. I'm, That's I'm, such I'm, a fun so, age for them, too. So I'm at a, a good spot now. <laughs> How, how's your house so quiet? <laughs> I know. They're asleep. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. No, I I understand that twin mom life. Sarah, do you want to take away the next never have I ever? Absolutely. Okay. So never have I ever blown an IV. Oh, oh yeah. One of my first jobs in nursing, I worked in the ambulatory infusion center, which was a cancer center, but also other people who needed infusions. We did IVs all day, every day. And you would think I was like good at it quickly. <laughs> oh, man. This is a lesson oh. for all you nurses out there. You know, just try and try again. Eventually you'll Keep get going. it. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't try and try again. We have a rule and we must adhere to the rule. It is the, you, you try one, you mess it up go get someone else i think well i think the attempt is supposed to be two attempts and then you get someone else but i'm kind of like if i if i screwed up once i'm uh no yeah like i get that feeling i don't know if you guys get it it's like all like you blow it and you're like you know you're trying you're like trying to like wiggle and you're like oh you know i gotta like thread it in there and the, it's like you blow oh, it. sometimes and you know even before you start but you have to at least attempt the one time right right because yeah. and then you start feeling hot and i'm like mm. <laughs> And then I take it and I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm going to get somebody else to do this for you. I will say um, that I, that just reminded me of something I totally forgot about in the COVID ICU. Wearing all that crap and then being sweaty and starting an IV on someone and getting it the first time. I was like, yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> of course, no one's able to see it, right? Like you, you have no witness but yourself. Yeah, I know. Like there's nobody around. I'm like, come on, I need somebody in here to see this. This is awesome. Oh my god! <laughs> I was just happy I didn't have to like, you know, take off all the stuff and go get more supplies. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. Like I remember actually being a new nurse, and that was oh, I don't know why it just wasn't a part of my, you know, gather your supplies. And I think they say it all the time. And I was always that nurse that like, I put on all my PPE, let's say it was like an MRSA patient, I go into the room and I'm like, 
I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got nothing that I need. And you're like, did I actually step all the way into the room yet? Can I still turn back or is it too late? You're like, you're like, did well, I did, did I touch anything? Oh no, it's still a patient environment. So you're like, oh. and lots of times where I'd hit the call bell and the nurse would come running into the room and I'm like, I just like need like, you know, the urinal or I need an eye. And they just give me this look to like Amy. And I'm like, <laughs> I'll do better next time. <laughs> all right. So, never have I ever thrown up at work. Oh, oh yeah, I've thrown up at work. I'm. I have to. I've oh, got a story for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was just the regular pregnancy nausea throw up. It wasn't because of anything particularly disgusting. Although I think you guys might have better stories than me. Um, mine was definitely uh, in nursing school. Um, so like I mentioned, I was a dental assistant before and thought, oh, well, I've been in four years of patient care. Well, we wore masks as, as dental assistants. Um, and then it was, all the time, oh, right? Not. And there were all sorts of smells. And I mean, I was just, and I, I'm like a, um, a sympathetic puker. So if I hear someone <laughs> retching, I'm like, oh, oh, mm, me too. And I've gotten better over the years. But then when, um, when I was pregnant with my first one, there was just, I mean, I, I just find a random trash can puke. <laughs> like Ashley's in the bathroom. Don't worry, we're covering her patients. Yep. Uh, like my experience, and this was actually maybe like two years ago. I um, was working as an educator at the time. I was. I went down to the cafeteria because I always oh. loved. Oh no, sir! You know this. Know this story. <laughs> I always loved their fish and chips. Oh gosh! So you probably know where this one's going. So you get the fish and chips, and then they they give you what is it? It's um, a tartar sauce, right? The tartar sauce, right? So I like. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but as a nurse, I eat. Fast. Like, like I don't hold back. I open my lunch and I'm like, <sighs> like I just swallow everything down, right? So I remember as I'm eating like the fish and chips, everything was like hot, but so was the tartar sauce. Oh. It was like warm. Oh. So I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I'm hungry. This is going down. I got like five minutes. So I like gobble everything up. I get back to my desk. And you know, like I feel fine, right? And by about maybe let's say like 45 minutes. You know, you get the bubble guts, like, <laughs> and, like that, and I'm like, oh, what is that? Like, what's going on? And I'm sitting there, I'm sitting in the office, I start sweating a little bit. I'm like, oh, it's hot. Maybe I'm gonna like open a door, open a window. I didn't have any window, so I like opened my door, and I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm really sweaty. I think I went to a meeting. I was just like, no, I'm sick. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna vomit. So I like vomit and then I end up having to like call, I, what, what, I had to call this other nurse to help me because I was like super sick and there was nothing more embarrassing than like I'm vomiting now, right? Oh, she, yeah, she got me from like, I can't remember what meeting room it was, but they got me a wheelchair because like I was so sick. So they're wheeling me, like <laughs> this hospital had like back hallways, but the back hallways all had like nursing staff whatever so i remember her like wheeling me through all these people are watching me i'm like and i'm like i'm okay <laughs> she like wheeled me up to og health but it was it was horribly embarrassing and it was definitely the tartar sauce like i had <laughs> <laughs> i then like i spoke with the people in like food services i'm like this happened they're like oh yeah we had a couple reports today too i'm like oh my god <laughs> but yeah so um 
definitely had that opportunity to uh, vomit and go home early. Yeah, you, I mean, you went all yeah. out on on the on the vomiting at work. Uh, yeah, it was it was not that. Good. You win that one. <laughs> all right, I'm going to ask the next question. So, never have I ever found an unidentified stain on my scrubs. Oh. <laughs> um, always. <laughs> like, I mean, I was in OR for a while, so we wore hospital scrubs. And then a, the couple of times I've been in PACU, depending on the um, hospital, sometimes they make you wear the OR scrubs and sometimes not. And I mean, even just changing at work out of the hospital scrubs, I'm like, wait, what is this? Like, when did I touch something Purple. That it's color, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you're always. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, what about you? Well, I guess with the increased PPE these days, it's better now. But like, I remember running like IV meds, and you know, like dealing with baby poo, and I looked down at my shoes, and I'm like, it's brown. Like, is I don't even know if this is like dried blood or like meconium or the venifer IV infusion I ran earlier. Like, I don't even know. And um, we always did the baby bass on the unit, which was fun. But sometimes unexpected things come out of either end. And if you're not wearing a gown, then you're done. So I know Amy and I did an episode about gross things that happen at work. This is why you always have to keep extra scrubs. If you don't have those hospital issued scrubs, like in the OR or in L and D, you gotta you gotta have that. Oh it's yeah, like I took it like a step further, and I started keeping like an extra like bra and panties in my locker. Oh, that's smart. Because <laughs> I've been completely soaked before in all sorts of bodily fluids, and I'm like, now I'm changing into more scrubs, but. Do I wear a wet bra or do I go without a bra? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> so yeah. I keep an extra set of everything in the locker because, yeah, it, I mean, it's rough out there sometimes. <laughs> it is. And that was my L&D experience. Like my <laughs> L &D, they're like, bring extra socks, extra panty and bra because I learned the hard way. I remember my first splash of amniotic fluid oh. and it was a splash like I didn't think it could go that far this doctor's like all right you know I'm gonna just break your water I'm standing because I'm eager right yeah. I'm like yeah I want to see this baby time I'm standing close and he popped her 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 sack and it went everywhere and I just remember sitting like it was on my face my glasses oh. and you know this is this is another weird thing about L&D so you know although we get splashed with fluids you think like in the OR you might have a face mask or a shield yeah not an L and D. <laughs> so I remember getting splashed and I was just like, Oh, and then the, when I stepped into my, my Crocs at the time, but I, I don't think people wear Crocs anymore, but <laughs> I had Crocs legally. So too, cause I know we weren't supposed to wear them, but we're, I, all of us were like, yeah, we're going to wear our Crocs. When the, when management's not here. We're going to put our Crocs on. So I remember just like stepping in my Croc and it was like, squish oh and I was like oh oh man <laughs> I was just like oh man <laughs> and yeah I I did end up going sockless you know what I ended up doing I know this is ghetto you know the you know the booties <laughs> you made your socks out of booties <laughs> <laughs> so I was just I, I rinsed off my crocs because you know they're like that styrofoamy material and then I just put on like the blue socks. Did you tape them? Because that would have been extra ghetto. Tape them so they stayed up. I actually did. Because 
you know how it works, right? Like there's they're kind of loose. They're supposed to go around the shoe. So I had to use it as a sock. So I had like taped I just used a little bit of the like the, the medical white tape. tape. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Worked wonders. But then from then I always brought extra socks, extra bra, extra panties. You, it only takes you need one to protect time. yourself. <laughs> only one time. So if you guys if you nurses are listening out there, it only takes one time. Don't be us. Learn. <laughs> All right, so I think I have the next question. Uh, never have I ever given a fake name. To a patient or a family member or anybody, have you given a fake name? No, I don't, I don't think I ever have. I haven't either, but Amy, I think you have a story here to share. I don't know this story. Yeah, so I did. And, you know, um, this was a long time ago. So it wasn't when I was, like, actively as an RN. It was when I was an RN student. And... Um, I was working in mental health. <laughs> I actually had someone who who was just maybe a little bit too close, right? We were doing like outpatient mental health and he was very chatty. He was very nice, you know, great guy, right? And I remember him kind of, he followed me out one day and he's like, and I think as a student, you know, sometimes maybe you divulge a little bit too much information. And I think I probably I gave way too, like, ah, you know, just trying to be nice and start conversation. Because, you know, mental health nursing is a, is is different. Like, you got to build that therapeutic relationship. But I think I didn't go about it the right way. And um, I guess after the conversation, he took it a di- to, like, a different level where he was just like, do you want to make babies? And I was like, okay, we went from like talking about just, you know, nice days outside to, you know, asking me if I want to make a baby. <laughs> with you. And I was like, so I actually did give this patient like, like a fake name. And this is like, we had our student ID badges and I remember just like covering mine with tape. And I was like, yeah, my name's like Susan. <laughs> I don't look like a Susan, but I was like, I just gave him a fake name. I was like, yeah, I gotta protect myself here. Yeah. I have a question for you guys though. <laughs> Do you guys ever, um, or did you ever cover your last name with um, something? Because this is something that I've noticed a lot of nurses do because they don't want patients to know their last name or they don't want family members to look them up. Like, have you seen that or heard of that before? Um, I have seen that before. I don't know. I guess I'd kind of, um, if someone feels the need that they need to do that, um, I'm, I guess I'm supportive of that. Whereas on the other hand, I see it as just being a patient myself. Why don't you want me to know your whole name? Be a little nervous as a patient because, you know, obviously we know the physician's last names or advanced practice nurses, they commonly use last names too. Um, And so I kind of see both sides. You know, I've never worked in an area where there's like high security issues, you know, mother baby or ED, that type of stuff, or, you know, mental health. Um, And I can see where those areas um, might feel more inclined, you know, or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many different scenarios. I've never felt the need to do it, but um, I could see where people do might do it yeah yeah I I I actually remember doing it because other people did it but I was in mother baby and you do get some of those complex situations where you know you're on alert because like a family member might want to come in and you know they're they're known to the community they're known to the police and they do arrive and you're like ah so I I have had those situations but Again, I don't know if it's similar to the States where we have through our college body that you can find a nurse. Like you can just, if you know their first and their last name, you can actually go to this database and find the nurse. And I think the only thing that 
it makes me hesitant about that is, you know, just for nurses safety, let's say they have issues in their own life where, you know, maybe they have an abusive spouse or whatever the case may be. You can look them up and find out where they were. Yeah. So, but I mean, I agree that the patient does have the right to ask you what your full name is or whatever the case may be. So, so before we go, thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> and I know it started off heavy, but I told you we're going to bring it full circle and have a, have a little bit of, of a laugh. I love it. But, but one of the questions I have for you before we go is what advice do you have for nursing today? What advice do you have for our, our up and comers? Because one of the things that we're seeing here is there are a lot of people that, you know, even though we can have fun, we could talk, we can, we could talk, you know, laugh there are a lot of nurses that are scared and that are still scared. And, you know, we had a whole situation here where we had nurses in their last year of education. They didn't get to do clinicals because, you know, um, because of COVID, they couldn't get into the hospitals. They did virtual clinical and that would have been scary. But what, what message or what, what piece of advice could you give any of our new nurses that are listening today coming into this situation right now? Oh, that's hard. Um, but no, I think you just have to, for me, it's just trying to remain, you know, open-minded and flexible to, to changing environments. Things in nursing is, is always going to change and it's going to change. I mean, for me, I've lived in, I don't know, seven or eight different States and I've worked in several different hospitals where, you know, level one trauma center is going to be very different than, small little 60 bed community hospital in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. And, um, and I think that varies from the different, um, areas that you work within nursing too. You know, I've, I've worked in oncology and I've worked in surgery and, and those are very different, different vibes. And I think when it feels right, it feels right. And when it feels wrong, there's other things to do. And I, I think is like, as a new nurse myself, even, I remember being just scared of like, just every shift was like, oh no, I'm going to make a mistake. And, you know, we all do. And it doesn't mean that it's like the end of the world. You can still find your rhythm. You can still find the place that you're going to flourish. It's just getting there and still having that confidence to learn from your mistakes and, um, and find, and find the right environment for you, um, is what Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. is really kind of like an empowering feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. I like that. And I think that you've definitely found your voice. I mean, I I encourage other nurses who are out there. Sorry. <laughs> Did you say you don't know about no, that? I feel like you have. No, no, it's good. No, no. It's all That's good. what we need. Right. And I mean, I encourage other nurses, if you're on Twitter to find the blonde RN, she's, she's great. She's an expert. She's got lots of good things to tell you and share with you. So please find her and look her up. Do you have any other handles that we could find you on? Like, are you on Instagram or anything else? I made an Instagram, um, but I, I, I go through little spurts where I use it and I don't, um, but I think it's the blonde RN and then underscore Ashley on there. Okay, um, okay. But I'm mostly on Twitter, the blonde RN. Um, that's where you can find my, my micro diary. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, it's been great. Um, thank you so much for having me. This is so cool. Um, I want to like hang out every Sunday night and like, can we hide in our closets and have drinks? Yes, yes, we should do that next time. Drinks are always allowed on the Gritty Nurse podcast. We should fully have like an episode of like the nursing edition and we all have like, maybe we do a Never Have I Ever, but we like make it a little bit harder. And it's like, if you didn't, have a drink. <laughs> that episode will be tons of fun. <laughs>